Good morning, everyone. Good chaydish. Oh, we have a wonderful, wonderful day. Today is the connector between both other Aleph and other Beis, so a double dose of joy. We continue. We left off, tracted Hagiga, the third and final chapter, page 22a on the top. And uh, we learned the argument between Ravila and Rava, the reason why the first case of the mission of the 11 differences or 10 differences yeah. between, this, between Turuma and Kodesh when it comes to purity and impurity that rabbinic, rabbinic decrees. The rabbis say you're not allowed to dip, immerse a small vessel that's contained by a larger vessel into the mikveh when it comes to, to purify it, to use of... Holy, holy item. The reason, the argument was why Ravila says because it's a question of chatzitza interference because the, the the inner vessel is pressing on the floor of the of the, uh, of the outer vessel, therefore the water is not total immersion. And Ravila said, and Ravila says no, nothing to do with that. The reason is that we're worried that maybe you're going to try to dip a little uh, needle in a in a in a flask in a canteen. A leather canteen, and the opening is less than the opening of a tube of, of, of a canteen. I'm, yeah, I'm saying, yeah, in a small vessel, less than a small, and then the waters are not connected, it's like detached, and doesn't have the status of a mikvah. So you might ask, what's the difference? What's the difference? You know the difference is? Let's say a big basket. You dip the vessels in a bit, but the outer basket is a big. The outer vessel is a big basket, or gargusi is a big strainer, which they used to use in the wine presses when they crush the grapes and the, the wine flows into the pit. So they have a strainer, a huge strainer to catch uh, the uh, the grapes and allows the liquid to go down. So if you dip uh, a small vessel, you put it inside a gargusi or a sal, a big basket. You fill it with water and you dip in the mikveh. So according to Rav the reason the problem is because of chatzitza, you worry of chatzitza. What difference does it make? It doesn't matter if it's a big vessel, a small vessel. I still have a problem. It's pressing since it's sitting. It's sitting on top of on the inside and on top of the floor of the outer vessel. So the water is not getting through. It's not total immersion. It doesn't matter. Big or small, large or small. According to one, the opinion that holds, the reason is in Shemuzeda Shemayatul, Machtem Itzinedes Bekeli. So Bekeli Shem Befikushev Sanedes Savag Gresh Shem Befikushev Sanedes Leka A Sal and a Gilgasi. According to Rava, the reason is I'm worried that maybe you're going to dip, um, um, you're going to try to purify needles and spinning, spinning spoons, whatever forks. Then you only have, you don't have to worry in a case where it's a large vessel. It's a large vessel. Uh, it, it's totally open, so therefore uh, it would be okay. Tyson points out you could have made a very simple difference. The difference is between Avila and Rava whether the problem is only the, the inside vessel, the vessel that you placed inside the larger vessel. That's not pure. That's not purified. You can't use it for holy sacred items. But the outer vessel is purified. According to according to Rav Ila, the reason is that it's pressing one is pressing against the other. So if I don't have total immersion, not for the inside vessel, not for the outside vessel, then I can't use both of them. According to Rav, the only problem is that I'm worried that you may come to to put a needle in, and then the needle won't become pure. So the problem is only the inner vessel, the outer vessel. There's no problem. 
You know, the Rebbe says, I'm not worried about chatzitza. If I'm not worried about chatzitza, if I put one vessel in the other, I, it, the outer vessel is, is purified. The rabbis made a decree that the inner vessel is not purified. So it's, it's, it's an obvious difference between the two. Why does he might have to... So he says, firstly, maybe we're talking about the outer vessel is pure. But even if you want to say the outer vessel is not pure, like Ashley says, the outer vessel, both, I dip both vessels in the mikvah. I need both of them to be immersed. But yes, the Gemara could have used that distinction, but the Gemara wants to say a bigger Chiddush. That a distinction that in a case where it's a large, uh, a large basket or a large strainer, then according to Rava, even the inner vessel would be okay to use for the sake of sacred items. Spread the wealth. The Gemara says, Rava is consistent with his reason. If you fill a basket and a large strainer with vessels, and you dip in the mikveh, they're pure. But a mikveh that you divide and separate with a basket. You do not, it's not a good, it's not, you haven't, uh, you haven't gone to the mikveh. Because the basket separates the waters. I don't have 40 saw in one spot. It's in two spots because the basket and the strainer is in between. And the proof is the The whole earth is, the water comes from the, from the river. And it goes through the earth. And nevertheless, I have to have 40 saw. And it would seem from Radashi, Radashi would seem to be saying that we're talking about a Mayan. We're talking about a wellspring, wellspring water. And even though wellspring water comes from the river and it flows through the earth, but I have to have 40 saw in one spot. This is very difficult. What do you mean? The Mishnah says clearly, is that a Mayan, a, a, a wellspring, you don't need 40 saw. That's one of the distinctions between a wellspring and a mikvah. A mikvah has to have 40 saw collection. But a Mayan, as long as it's totally immersed, total immersion, so if I have a little needle, I put it in, it's, it's the smallest amount, it's pure. I don't need any, there's no measurement. But here we say that, you know, you need 40 saw. So, no, according to Rashi, that's what Rashi says. So, so from, this is a big machlekas in the Rishenim. A lot of Rishenim say that when the Mishnah says, it's only a vessel, Kalim, very good, not for a person. A person, even a Mayan, you have to have 40 saw. Hmm. Because other Rishenim disagree vehemently. He says, absolutely not. Theoretically, if a person could, if a person, as long as a person is totally immersed, whatever, of course, you have to have a certain amount. It's more than a keli. But whatever it is, you don't need 40 saw. Here, we're not talking about a Mayan. We're talking about a collection of water. So he's saying, collection of water, even though the water and the earth is all connected, but the earth blocks from one drop of the water to the other drop of the water. So unless I have a, a gathering of 40 saw in one place, we're talking about a mikvah, not a Mayan. That's an argument of the Rishayim. Now, question is, wait a minute. Why should the saw, why should the basket be a separation? If it has an opening, if it has an opening, the amount of shreif v'samnoid, so all the waters are connected. All the waters are connected. The answer is, yeah, but, but the answer is, there's, it acts as a barrier, like a wall. It's a large basket, a large strainer. So even though the strainer is open, has pores, that's the definition of a strainer. 
you know, the grapes, it captures the grapes and allows the juice to flow into mm-hmm. the pit. So it has holes, it's full of holes. Mm-hmm. But the holes separating from one and the other, you don't have one hole the size of a shreifus anoid. Even though it's porous, right, there's teeny holes. Even though it's porous, it's a barrier, it separates. So I don't have 40 saw in one, one spot. I have 20 saw in this spot, 20 saw in the other spot. So therefore, it's not a kosher mikvah. When do we say? When do we say that if you put a small vessel? When does the mission say if you put a small vessel and a larger vessel? It remains impure regarding the sacred the sacred food. Only if the outer vessel is torn. Does not require immersion. But if the keli itself is torn, since the it's it, it's effective for itself, it, it it purifies the outer vessel. So it's effective also for the vessels that are in it. Because you can you could you could immerse an impure vessel. Doesn't matter the opening. I don't care how big the opening is. As long as the water is no bubbles, as long as the water goes completely inside, it's completely immersed, mm-hmm. it's a good tefillah. Right. Hey, Since it enters it entirely, the entire vessel becomes pure. So if it's connected to the mikvah regarding purifying the impure vessel, the outer vessel, then even the needles that are inside and everything also becomes pure. It's only if the outer vessel is pure. If the outer vessel is pure, it's not, it's not acting as a mikvah to purify the outer vessel. So then we say the opening is too small to connect the waters of the inside of the vessel and the outer vessel to purify the vessels that are inside. Where do we know this? Now we learn the Mishnah. It's a b'raise. So Torah Mikvah says, Kalim Shemidlan, Kalim Midbilan. Vessels were filled up with other vessels. And with Bilan, you dip and immerse in the Mikvah, and they're pure. But if you did not immerse the outer vessel, and the water in the outer vessel that's mingled with the water of the Mikvah can purify until it has the opening. The connecting, the opening has to be a minimum like the tube of a skin bottle. My comrade, what does he mean? What does he mean if he didn't dip it? He's dipping it. What do you mean? He's dipping. You're dipping the outer vessel that contains the inner vessel. This is what he means. He may not if he doesn't have to dip it because it's already pure. So then, then you want only purifying the vessels that are contained in it. So the waters that are mixed, it has to be an opening. But if you're immersed, if the outer vessel needs to immersion because it's impure, it doesn't matter how small the opening is. As long as the water goes in, it's total immersion. There's no bubbles and it's totally immersed. So since it's considered a mikvah and it's effective for the outer vessel, then at the same time it's effective for the vessels that are contained in it. Now the Gemara says, "What the Rabbi Tanoi? This argument of Rabbi is actually a machloekas between Tanoi and Tanoi and the Brayzer. Salva goes into Milan. Milan, if one filled a basket, a large strainer with vessels, bein lekoydish, bein letrumatahoyin. This follows the opinion. This is the opinion of a drover that would say that a big basket, it's pure. There's no worries. You don't have to make any decrees because it's, it's wide open. 
Abishol Amr Abishol says he holds like Avila. Avila Kaidish, the Truma Avila Kaidish. No, it's not good because the reason has nothing to do with the opening, how big, large, small. It's because it's sitting, it's sitting and it's pressing on the floor. It's not allowing the water, not allowing for it to achieve total immersion. Thank you, Mariachi. If that's the case, Trumanami, if you worry, if you worry that it's pressing on the floor, and therefore it's a chatzitza, why is it good for Truma? Then it should be a problem for Truma as well. It's, it's not pure for Truma. It's not total immersion. It remains impure. But the answer is the man coming. Who do we say this ruling for? Chaveirim. We're talking about it's an extra stringency. There's no problem with these vessels. The problem, the vessels are okay. It's a chaver, someone who took upon themselves to be careful. If you're a small vessel, so since we're talking about chaveirim, chaveirim made the other chaveirim know about the laws of immersion and they'll make sure. No, so therefore you have nothing to worry about. They would never. So he knows to make sure that it's not. Uh, he'll be careful to avoid to make sure that it's not set, pressing, that it's floating, the water immerses total immersion on all sides. If you're talking about a chaver, why am I worried for sacred food? Sacred food also a chaver knows what to do. So all these stringencies shouldn't apply for sacred food either. The case of chaver who worried amaritz will emulate the tamut chacham. He saw the tamul chacham immersing one vessel in the other. They'll also come to immerse one vessel in the other and eat from the sacred food, not knowing that the tamul chacham knew what to look out for, knew to be careful to make sure that the inner vessel is floating, not sitting on the floor, knew to make sure that it's that there's an opening, connecting opening is at least like the size of a tube of a flask. But I'm artists, well, no, we'll just know. A vessel, I saw the rabbi do it himself. The rest of the vessel. It's good enough for him, it's good enough for me. You won't know. In fact, the is a truman, because I'm artists, so why are you only worried about Kaidish? Truman is the same problem. The, 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 the Kayan, the ignoramus, will, will emulate the Tamil Chacham and you'll end up with a problem. The Imad answer is, we don't accept Truman from our So whatever Amaritz does, I'm not going to worry that someone will come. Oh, if he hands it to me, surely it's kosher. When it comes to Kaidish, however, so don't accept Kaidish from him either. Well, says, no, that you have to, because if not, have a lay If you don't accept Kaidish from Amaritz, you're going to have two different standards when it comes to Kaidish. It's going to sow disunity, it's going to sow envy and hatred. So when it comes to Kaidish, we assume, listen, everyone, when it comes to Kaidish, everyone is strict. There's no leniency. Everyone is glad culture. Yeah, everyone is. So you know you can rely, if you're going to start making this thing, even Kaidish, I don't trust you. So here we have no choice. Since Kaidish, for the sake of unity and peace, we're going to have to accept the Amarit. And we're worried Amar is going to emulate the Talmud Chacham. We have a problem in our hand. So therefore, even the Talmud Chacham is not allowed to immerse. Because the Amar will emulate him, it's going to lead to the problem. In the case of Truma, there's no enmity. Truma, we don't accept from that. So the Chavit knows what to do. The Amar copied, we're not eating from him anyway. So it's fine, there's nothing to worry about. So Gemara says, Truma, Nami, Avalei, but Truma also would lead to enmity. Gemara, Leyech, Patle. That I don't mind. That that doesn't bother me, because he can go and give it to a koyin who's a fellow amaritz. So if we refuse to accept this truma, 
refused to accept this truma, it's no problem. It's not going to be. It's not going to lead to envy. It's not going to lead to divisions, to politics. He'll give it to his fellow Amorites. But when it comes to Kaidish, if you're going to reject the Kaidish of Amorites, he has he has no he has no one to give it to. He has no one to give it to. So therefore, we have to accept it. Who's the Tamna who says that we're worried about about politics and enmity and Rabbi Yisi? That's the Rabbi Yisi Tamna and the Brayis. I'm Rabbi Yisi. Why is everyone believe when it comes to the purity of wine and oil for the sacrifices throughout the year, even in Amud, when he brings the, to the temple wine or oil for offerings? We trust him. If he says the wine is pure, the is pure, we trust him. Doesn't have to be chsidish shchit. Everyone trusts. We trust them. Why? They shleyeh kolecha dechad heilicha bein abam malatzim. We say the part adu malatzim. So everyone shouldn't have. Everyone's going to go building a bummer for himself. Everyone's burning a red heifer for himself. I need a satme paraduma. I need a lavavitra paraduma. I don't trust you. I don't trust you. <laughs> you can have a thousand kashrut standards. Comes to the base of nigdash. Base of nigdash brings out the unity of all Jews. No politics, no divisions, no distinctions. So therefore, that's Rabbi Yisrael's opinion. According to which opinion today we do accept the testimony of Amoritz? How could you accept the opinion of Amoritz? How could you trust their opinion? Like Rabbi Yisrael, again, Rabbi Yisrael that we just said, there shouldn't be any enmity, there shouldn't be any hatred. So really, we should not accept the testimony of Amoritz. But because to keep the peace, we accept the testimony of an Amaris. Rabbis disagree with Rabbi Yaisi and they say, no, we don't accept the, the opinion of Amaris, even though it's going to lead to, to, to enmity. I mean, the rabbis also argue in our Mishnah. In other words, if we're not concerned about enmity, maybe, maybe we don't have to worry about the Kodesh. We should allow the Chaver to immerse one Kali in another Kali. Even to use for for, for for sacred food. Comes to the base of Migdash, we don't accept the wine or the oil according to the rabbis. Because the rabbis reject the whole assumption that we're worried about enmity. The Gimbada says, Gimbada says that our Mishnah follows Rabbi Yesi. Ramban says no. He says no one argues with Rabbi Yesi. Not regarding our Mishnah, not regarding the testimony of Namorat. He disagrees with Rashi. He doesn't mean Rabbi Yaisi argues. It's only the opinion of Rabbi Yaisi and the rabbis disagree. He says, he says, where do we know this concern? Where do we find this concern? So Rabbi Yaisi stated it clearly, but everyone accepts. Say that even Rashi says that they are arguing, the rabbis do argue, it's only when it comes to testimony. But in all the cases of our Mishnah, even, even in the Beis Amigdash, even the rabbis would agree with Rabbi Yaisi, we have to worry about, about, about enmity. When it comes to witnesses, you have standards. We don't accept everyone's testimony. Well, it won't be Nishkin Farallon. But when it comes to the Beis Amigdash, you're going to come to the Beis Amigdash, you're trying to unify the Jewish people, and you're going to have everyone's going to, everyone's going to have their own bummer, and I don't accept you, and I don't accept you. You know the famous story, the person comes to Shemayim, he goes to Ganeidim, and the, the banquet, and he's a beautiful banquet, and he says, who's the Majgiyah? <laughs> he, says, he says, God Almighty himself. <laughs> you know, I'll have the fish, the, the vegetables. <laughs> but we should worry, maybe, 
He borrows from Amar. It's for Truma. So how can you say it's good for Truma? Maybe he borrows from Amar. Maybe he's going to emulate the Chaver. The Amar is going to emulate the Chaver. So what's the problem? Because he's going to lend his, his, his utensil to, to, to the to the Talmud Chacham. Now we learn the mission. Earthenware protects all the substances from coming That's the opinion of Basila. The earthenware protects anything. It, it's like a shield. It protects other vessels. If it if it touches any part of the vessels, even the exterior, then it then it becomes tummy. And earthenware only becomes tummy on the inside. In, the, in its atmosphere, in its ear. Outside, it's like a shield. It's impervious to, to impurity. So therefore, it can protect anything that's inside, protects it from, from, from becoming tummy. So let's say you have um, food in, in, a, in an earthenware, in the same roof of a corpse. Earthenware, if it's covered up, it remains pure, and anything that's inside remains pure. Because it's covered up, so the inside is not, is not, under this, is not affected. So Basilo says, yeah, so that, that's the opinion of Basilo. says, Shami disagrees. He says, Yes, biblically that's true, but rabbinically, It only protects food, liquid, and other earthenware. But not, but not non-earthenware vessels. Metal vessels or people, people, they're not protected. Why? Why? Biblically, it's uh, what difference? What difference? What's inside? It, it, it's covered up. The outside is immune to impurity. The impurity doesn't reach the inside. So why? Why shouldn't it shield for everything? You know why? Because what if this earthenware is already impure? Because an amaret used it and it made him pure without realizing he doesn't know the laws of purity and impurity and an impure vessel cannot shield cannot protect if the vessel is pure then it shields what's in the inside but if the vessel itself is impure it does not shield even if it's covered up it penetrates and it, and it doesn't act as a shield so okay so why then why do you say that the food and the drinks is okay same problem Maybe it was an uh, earthenware from an Amar, it's ignoramus. It's impure. Everything that's inside becomes impure. There's no distinction. Why are you making all these distinctions? Make up your mind, one way or the other. You know why? The reason we, we said that the food that's inside is pure, continue inside V, trying to be. We purify it. We say that for himself it's pure. No, 
Because the uh, the Tamil Chacham is not going to eat anyway from 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 the food of an Amad. Yes, he's irrelevant. He's not going to. He's not going to. He's not going to. Avon letayiris hakeli. But if you're going to say that the non-earthenware vessel is pure, no, it's if you say it's pure, you're not afraid that the Tamil Chacham will eat from it. He's not going to eat from it anyway. He's not going to eat food from the Amadus because I don't trust because he doesn't know the laws of impurity. I assume that everything he touches is impure. But. If you're going to purify the vessel, then you're going to end up, it's going to end up affecting the Tamil Chacham as well. Why? Because he's going to borrow from him. He's going to borrow the vessel of, of an Amar. And they do borrow. So he says, okay, now, He'll know that everything Amaris touches is impure. Fine. So he'll dip it in the mikra and he'll use it at night. But he won't know that there was a maybe the vessel was in the same house under the same roof as a corpse. And because the vessel is impure, therefore now it has a corpse impurity. So immersing in the mikra and eating at night is not gonna help. You need seven days, you have to purify it. So the Tamut Chachum will come to, to stumble. He's going to borrow it and, and he's going to use it not knowing that it's impure. Because he'll say that even if it was in the house, it was covered up. If you're going to say that if it's covered, anything that's inside remains pure and the vessel ends up impure. So he'll say to himself, even if it was in, in the corpse, it was in the house, it was covered up, no problem. The rabbi said, I can use this anything. So I'll dip it into the mikveh and I'll use the earthenware, the earthen vessel that I borrowed from the Amaris. I'll use it tonight. Not knowing that since it was impure, it was impure, and therefore it did receive a corpse impurity. And immersing in the mikveh and waiting till nightfall is not enough. You would have to have seven days and sprinkle it with the ashes. So therefore the rabbi said that, that for anyone, that for the vessel, that's what Bishami said, the rabbis made a decree that non-earthenware vessels or a person that's inside, even if it's covered up, it's not, it doesn't cover up, it doesn't shield them from impurity. Wow. Now the Chaver will not, will not borrow. He's not going to borrow the vessel because even if he borrows the vessels, he says maybe it was in the corpse or even it was covered up. The rabbi said it's impure. So I have to have seven days and he won't, he won't stump. I'm ashamed for your words, Bisham. <laughs> he didn't live in the same times, but he's just like uh, saying, Are you going to say that a woman on the upper floor of a house? And the hatchway is blocked by an earthenware vessel. And she needs dough. She needs dough in the trough. Badeva. Isha Badeva and Shiva. Are you telling me that the woman and the trough are tummy for seven days? But the dough itself remains toy. Or another example. Look in Malimashke. A canteen full of, full of beverage. It's on top of the house. So you're going to tell me, and there's an earthenware, there's a hole between an opening, and the earthenware sits in the opening. So you're going to tell me that it only shields from the corpse, it only shields, look in Tomei, Tomei Shiva. 
the flask itself is, is tame for seven days. But the beverage inside the flask is tame. It acts as a shield for the food, for the liquid, but it doesn't act as a shield for a person or for any non-earthenware vessels. So, so the 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 the, uh, the dough that she's done, that's okay. But she becomes she she has a corpse impurity. The flask has a corpse impurity, but the liquid inside is okay. It makes no sense. So the mother says, Nitle is one of the disciples of Bishamai engaged of Yeshua. And so Amalei said to him, Amal of Tamil Shah, I'll explain to you the reason of Bishama. Amalei Amar say, speak. Amalei Klitami Khait is in Khitzan ask. A vessel is already tummy, it's already pure, impure. Does it act as a shield? It doesn't act as a shield. Amalei Khait says, no, it doesn't act as a shield. Then he said, Klesh Lamaris, Tommy Toy, the vessel of Amaris, of a Nigerimus. Is it pure or impure? Like, Tommy, it's impure. We assume it's impure. So he said, And if you were to tell Amaris that his vessel is impure, would he pay any attention to you? Certainly not. Not only that, if you were to tell him that it's Tommy, he would say to you angrily, Mine is tired, and your mine is pure. Yours is tummy. So time is That's Shammai's reasoning. In other words, Amaretz is not going to accept that his food and drink and earthenware are not protected by the earthenware vessel. He will accept that his non-earthenware vessel and people are not protected. Why? Because you can do something about it. You can purify it. You tell them, fine. It's not protected. It's impure. You have to sprinkle the red heifer. And, and, then, and, then, you, you go, and then you go in the mikveh. And then you're good. You're good to go. But if you're going to tell them that the earthenware vessel is impure, and the food and the drinks became impure, he's not going to accept it because there's no fixing it. It means he's done, he's finished. He's to throw it in the garbage. He can never use it. He can't purify um, um, earthenware vessels. So therefore, it makes sense that we should make, make a, this distinction and make this rule. But if you would tell him everything is impure, he would he would say, you know, go fly a kite, uh, you know, goodbye. You know, I'm going to tune you out, like everyone is tuning out, Dr. Fauci. You know, okay, go fly a kite, hack machine, shine the Russian cup. You know, fire me from my job. You know, you, you, you think that are completely unreasonable, insane, evil. Goodbye. You know, you want to destroy my life, you want to destroy my my earthenware or my vessel or my food. I mean, goodbye. You have a nice life. I'm just tuning you out. So therefore, they made a distinction. But the Amaris can accept it. If you're going to tell me that the earthenware is impure and the person is impure, okay, I can fix that. But my, but my, but my, uh, my uh, I'm sorry, my, my non-earthenware, but my earthenware, my food, that remains impure. So when he heard that, Miyad Halak Rabbi Yishur, went, and he prostrated himself in the graves of Vishamai. He says, I've spoken excessively against you, arrogantly. 
I dismissed you. I, I, I didn't understand you. If your cryptic rulings are this way, it's so logical and makes so much sense. Surely those which are spelled out, how much more so? Yeshua's teeth were blackened because of so many fasts. He undertook to atone for the sin of having insulted Beshama. Here's the source of the idea of fasting. The idea of nothing after you do tshuva, but the idea of fasting because you want to find yourself in the same good graces of Hashem. So he felt he felt the burden of a sin that he spoke against Shammai, against Shammai. You know what? I'm gonna have to stop here. I have to run after teacher class. So uh, everyone have a, a, a good chaydish, wonderful day. To be continued.